so please Avengers don't sue us, we don't have money. <laughs> that stoners will be stoned. And then the car just floors it and it's just it gets like the hell out of there real fast. It crosses like a medium. Remember how I explained there's a difference between oh haunted house scream and a I am about to die scream. Well, I believe that this is more of a I'm about to die scream. Michael kicks the door, the driver's side door open, hits the gun, she flips it around and blows her own brains out. I'm like, are you kidding me? No problem, Ryan Reynolds. Anything for you. Empowering herself with the power of penis. Yes, yes, it's very weird. If you are in a haunted house that has the walls covered with oil, that should be a red sign. This is a haunted house, not a goddamn O'Reilly's auto parts. This can only be one of two things. It's either a video game world, kind of like GTA, or it's Detroit. Yeah, when you turn on the serial killer that you were interviewing for your news reporting TV show, yeah, you're kind of fucked. This was gonna be fancy. Damn right, it's gonna be fancy. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Tyler's Thursday Takes. Today, we are going to be reviewing the 2016 R rated horror movie Don't Breathe. It has a 7.1 rating on IMDb. Of course, that is out of 10. Its popularity has gone down to 187 spots. And, uh,. <laughs> What can I say? It's 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 a trip. It's definitely something else. So why don't we just go ahead and we'll we'll go ahead and just read off some of the awards real fast. It was a winner of the best horror film of the Saturn Award, an ASACP winner of the box office films. It was a, another winner of the Chainsaw Award for best supporting actor Stephen Lang. And then it was a winner for the Fright Meter Award for best editing. A winner for the best horror movie of the year of the Golden Schmoes. A winner for the best horror TV spot. And a winner for the best horror film of the iHorror Awards. So it's got quite a bit of wins underneath its belt if I do say so myself. So, if the awards mean anything, we're in for a very, very good treat. So, before I go ahead and get into any of the actors or the cinematography or the plot, why don't we just go ahead and jump right on into it. So we start off, and the very first scene you see is this old man, he's dragging this, like, what looks to be a 16, a, a young girl down the street, and it seems like that's a bit of foreshadowing, something that M. Night Shyamalan is very, very fond of, and because of that, it just cuts to black. And we start kind of going through everything that we basically build the story. It's these three kids. They are robbing the houses of this one kid's dad's security company, which seems like a stupid idea to me because it just makes it seem like your security system is shit. But if it turns out he's using the keys that his dad has because they have to have keys to the house for some reason, I guess in case of anything goes wrong. And so... They're robbing houses, and they take it to the guy who sells stuff, and he's not giving the guy whose name is Money. <laughs> he's not giving him enough money, so he decides, you know what? I got you. 
And so <laughs> he decides, you know what? Plot time. All right, let's hear it. 1837 Buena Vista Street. House is with your dad's security company already checked. Guy who owns it is an army vet loner. No family, just him in the house. That part of the city is a ghost town. It looks like a dump. That's actually good news. How's that good news? Well, story goes, some preppy girl a few years ago ran over this guy's daughter. Jesus. Daughter dies, and this preppy, rich-ass family pays him off. Gives him a big-ass sediment. Sediment. Blow me your honor. All right? This guy is sitting on at least 300K. Boom! 300K. Boom. Robin from a blind veteran because we're douchebags. <laughs> like, honestly, though, you're robbing from a blind veteran who got a settlement because his daughter died? Like, this is really fucked up on so many levels. But that's not for me to decide, apparently. Anyways, they go and do their whole stakeout. And they even put a little GoPro there. As they're sitting there in the car as well, we are treated to this lovely little scene. Guys, I said we do it within the house. I'll get a chlorobomb. Jesus! Get out my fucking car, dog shit! So yeah, they were jump scared by the dog. And they find out, even though they've been staking out this place, that yeah, the guy has a guard dog, but they also find out something else at the same time. Shit, that's her guy. Wait, is he blind? He's lost his sight in Iraq or something. So yeah, I may have spoiled it earlier, but he's blind. They're robbing, robbing from a blind old Vietnam veteran. Or Iraq veteran. He's a veteran. And he's blind. And his daughter died. And you're robbing from him because y'all are assholes. And so they jump ahead a little bit. And they break into the house. Because, because they're dicks. And the first thing that the girl says. Which the girl's name. If I didn't say it earlier. Is Rocky. The three main people who are in this are Rocky, Money, and Alex. I like Alex the most because he at least seems to have some sort of a conscience. But his dad's also the security owner, so he's kind of also slightly a dick. But as soon as they get into the house, this is the very first thing that she says. Yes. Shoes off. Shoes off? Glad we're being respectful and not putting dirty shoes on this guy's house. Like, what the hell is the point of taking your shoes off so they can't identify your shoes? You're in Detroit. No one gives a shit <laughs> about, like, they're not going to test for shoe prints. And so, Money goes upstairs and puts this, like, nerve gas in the dude's room, supposedly supposed to keep him knocked out. And Money, for some reason... <laughs> He's trying to break into this door, which they think has all the money, but his tools aren't working, so he pulls out a bigger one. Got a more powerful tool. Oh, what the hell is that? It's a nine millimeter Beretta. Gangster style, bitches. Why'd you bring a gun? Because gangster style, bitches, 
Yeah, I have no idea why he brought a gun. Anyways, he uses the gun to shoot the lock. Like, I understand the stuff you put in his room is supposed to keep him knocked out, but it's still a gunshot. He's probably not out yet. It was five minutes ago at the most. And so now because of that, blind guy wakes up. And, of course, as soon as he pulled the gun, Alex went outside. So Alex is outside the house for a second. But blind guy wakes up, he comes downstairs, he starts confronting money, and he's like, how many of there are you? And he looks over at Rocky, and he's like, oh, it, it, it's just me, man, just just, just let me go, because he managed to somehow lose the gun to the blind guy. And because of that... Money gets absolutely blasted right in the face. Like, he's gone, so there's number one. And then, because of that, Alex ends up coming back inside the house, nearly getting caught by the guy, because he nearly runs into him, because he's not paying attention. And he finds out that Rocky's hiding in the closet, and they both hide in the closet. And she sees that that's where he hides his money, is in the safe, as she saw the code. She types in and opens the safe, and she starts taking money out, and she shows it to Alex, and Alex notices something about the money. That's right, it's a million fucking dollars. Somebody didn't do the math right. This dude's got a million dollars just sitting in his house. He's straight up loaded, loaded way more than they ever thought. And so now they're like, okay, we gotta get out of here. But there's one issue with that, and one very important issue. Remember when they took their shoes off? I kept that in because that was kind of important. So the blind man's going to get every trace that he had of this guy so he can get rid of it, of money, the guy that he just shot. And guess what he finds? So yeah, he finds out that there was more than one pair of shoes sitting in in the doorway because they had to take their shoes off, I guess to prevent sound, but at the same time, it's not like they make too much anyways, and the dude shot a gun, so it doesn't make sense why they took their shoes off, but they did. And so now, they decide, oh, we'll escape through the basement, because while they were in there, Alex saw the old guy boarding things up because he knew they broke in somehow. And so they run through the basement, and they're weaving through stuff, and they're getting ready to go. And then it's just... Where's the door? I don't know. Where is it? You see it? Yeah, it's a girl in the basement, tied up to some bells, that he... He now knows, because he just heard it go off, he knows that they're in the basement. And so they're like, why the fuck does he have a girl tied up, or chained up, really, in this giant padded looking structure? And they kind of find out real fast. Maybe you remember the girl that ran over his daughter? She's the one who killed his daughter. Yeah, 
she's the one that ran over his daughter. So obviously we're thinking, oh, he's got her chained up because, you know, he wants to fucking kill this bitch because she killed his daughter. Like, that was his whole pride and joy. And so they're like, okay, but we can't leave her here. So they get her out, and they start running, and they find the storm shelter hatch that they're going out of, and they open it, and as soon as they fucking open it... So as you heard, a couple shots were fired, and one of those shots happened to, well, one of them grazed by Alex's ear, so he was kind of hit, but one of them straight on struck the girl that killed his daughter. So he just fucking killed the one person that was ruining his, that ruined his life, really. So he should be pretty fucking stoked. But then he goes and starts reaching around, and he realizes he killed her, and this... This is the reaction that he had. No! No! So, okay, well, maybe, maybe instead of, you know, torturing this woman, he was keeping her as his new daughter. I guess maybe that, that, yeah, that's probably what he was doing. He was probably keeping her so that she could be his new daughter since she took his, yeah, see, big brain, big math moment. I, I got it. <laughs> and so at this point, he's pissed. And so he starts chasing them around. He even turns off the lights and he almost gets them a couple times, but they manage to get back upstairs and they run into the girls, the, the young girl's old room and they like look around real quick and they're like, Oh my god, there's not any windows, and they notice there's a ventilation system. And so Rocky can fit in, but Alex can't, and the dog busts in through the door, and he starts chasing Alex, and Alex, turns out they didn't all check the windows. Yeah, he fell out of the window, but he's outside the house now, but he also landed on a glass pane, like a a sunroof type of deal and he's also unconscious because he fell eight feet and he's unconscious but now rocky's in the ventilation system and she's trying to shimmy through everything and she finds this little cross part where she can go from one side to the other but if she doesn't make it she falls like eight feet and she's gonna fall straight on her neck if she does because she's in a ventilation system and so this dog i don't understand how this dog does what it does but it gets into the ventilation system, starts running her down, and because the dog is now chasing her... So this fucking girl just landed on her neck from an 8 foot drop. So she should theoretically be a paraplegic at this point. But now... They go back to Alex, who's still unconscious on the sunroof, and you can hear it cracking, and the blind guy heard her fall, so he goes to check on that, and Alex wakes up, he starts looking around, and he looks up, and he notices the 
blind man's like looking out the not looking obviously but he's like standing out the window and he hears the glass and he shoots down causing alex to fall down into the to the area he was just at and now that blind guy knows where he's at he goes to go to find him and so they start struggling and ultimately it ends up with the old man getting the better of him and then he grabs a pair of shears you know like those big old gardening shears Stabby McStab Stab. Oh, Alex, how I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that you were the only person who wasn't a complete piece of shit in this movie. And so now at this point, the other girl's waking up, and she's somehow not paralyzed. Trust me, if you saw how she landed, you'd definitely be like, oh yeah, she's a goner. <laughs> but now, no, 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 she starts crawling through the ventilation shaft again until she finds a ventilation that leads outside and she starts kicking in and kicking it as hard as he can making a lot of noise and she kicks it off and she's home free <sighs> we all think she's home free <laughs> yep he reaches up and somehow knows exactly where this ventilation shaft is by the way too like he has this place memorized like the back of his hand i can't find where the toilet is when the light's off in like a two meter bathroom and apparently the fucking train outside can always find its way to the horn but enough of the train we have a movie review to get to so now after he grabbed her from the ventilation system and knocked her out she's now the one who's in this contraption and so now Maybe he's going to act like her, like she is the new daughter. <laughs> and until he explains <laughs> why the other girl was locked up. She was pregnant with my baby. You killed them both. Well, they would be alive if you hadn't broken into my home. Oh, so she wasn't replacing his daughter. Instead, she was... She... She was... She... She was carrying his... She was carrying his... Unborn child? So he was keeping her... Kidnapped so he could have another baby girl or just another child oh dear god <laughs> oh boy and so it kind of starts going through how he did it to the other girl he's got a turkey baster and I'll, I'll just let you fit fill in the rest but before he has the ability to do anything alex runs up because apparently alex wasn't stabbed apparently money was stabbed because he is blind and he missed him but Alex kind of passed out because he got the shit beat out of him. But he's back now. And he fights off the old man. And they manage to handcuff the old man. And they're like, oh, fuck you and everything. And they're getting ready to leave. Alex is at the front door unlocking all the doors. Rocky's there next to him. And as soon as they open the door. 
God damn it, they shot Alex. Alex was like the one character I actually liked. And now he just got shot in the back multiple times. And he's dead. But at the same time, Rocky doesn't stay to chat. She bolts the fuck out. And as soon as she does, the dog comes running after her. And remember, this is fucking Super Dog. And so he's running, she's running. She manages to get in the car that they stashed down the street. He is barking outside as she notices the bag filled with the million dollars is outside the car. And not only that, she doesn't have the keys to the car. So she manages to fit this contraption where she traps the dog in the trunk and then traps him with the bungee cord. I don't see how it works. But all the while, she gets out, she gets the bag, and immediately what happens is an old man shows up, takes her back to the house, and this is the same scene that we saw at the very beginning where he's dragging her down the street. And she wakes up in the house while his back is turned, and she starts beating him with a crowbar, and basically he falls into the basement and... So yeah, the old man shoots himself somehow after falling down into the basement. And she bolts off right as the cops get there. And honestly, it's probably just going to look like a home invasion gone wrong where the old man killed two people and he died falling down or whatever. Everything's going to be wrapped up in the bow and she's got a million dollars to run away with. And we get this little cutscene and it's her at the airport with her her younger sister and they're getting ready to board a plane to California <sighs> until Rocky notices the news playing on the TV result of a grenade splinter last night two burglars broke into his home and attempted to rob and brutally attack him this visually impaired man was able to defend himself shooting and killing both his attackers on the spot now the man did sustain some injuries but doctors say he is in stable condition He'll be released from the hospital soon and able to return to his home. No goods were reported stolen by the victim. I'm Dana Clark, WADL News. So yeah, not only did Grandpa, blind man, war veteran with a million dollars, well, former million dollars survive, he didn't even report that the money was gone? Which is weird to me, and I don't understand, because he knew the money was gone, because he went to check the safe and found out that it wasn't there anymore. So, I don't know if there's ulterior motives going on here, but the last scene we see is Rocky and the younger girl leaving to go to the airport. Like, they're walking through the airport, and presumably to go get on a plane. And that's where the movie ends. Like I said, this movie has won a ton of awards. It it has a pretty good rating on IMDb. I feel like overall it was a good movie. I thought that it was definitely worth the watch if you haven't seen it. I know a lot of y'all may know that Don't Breathe 2 came out recently. I might review that just so we can get a little one-two part going in here. But with all that together... 
I thought it'd be kind of interesting that last week we had a movie where they can't see. Now we have a movie where they can't hear. Wait, backwards. <laughs> last week we had a movie that they can't hear. Now we have a movie that they can't see. As you can tell, I can't read or remember anything. So that's my <laughs> that's my issue. So enough of my rambling. Why don't we go ahead and get into the part that you've all came here for. That is right. We are going to give my rating of the acting, the plot, and the cinematography. The acting was spot on in this movie. I thought everyone did a great job, especially, especially the main character. I call him the main character. They don't, they, he won the best supporting actor, but his, he's the blind guy, and his name is Stephen Lang. I feel like he did an excellent job. He did a really good job. You really kind of felt for his character at the same time he was also kind of the bad guy but he had a reason to be a bad guy he had a really hard life and I just feel like he did a great job Rocky I didn't care about I feel like she had some pretty strong plot armor which I discussed at length in Army of the Dead but I don't know her plot armor was a bit strong she did alright though Alex, I thought, did a really good job. He came across really genuine. He really made you feel like he didn't want to do everything that he was doing, but at the same time, he didn't have much of a spine. The whole reason he was in it was because Rocky said, Do it for me, Alex. Do it for me. And that's basically why he got into it. Uh, his He also was played by Dylan Minetti. Dylan Minetti, I'm guessing. And Rocky was played by Jane Levy. Money was played by Daniel Zavato. He did a pretty good job. Kind of felt like a piece of shit. He had that one, you know, kind of, I'd say redeeming moment where he was able to just kind of seem like a good guy. Where he was like, no, it's just me, man, right before he died. But overall, he did a great job as playing the dick. Everyone else was, eh, for the most part, pretty inconsequential none of them really mattered those are your kind of main four and I feel like they all did a great job and the dog was also really good good job dog I don't know your name but major props to you now we go on to the plot the plot makes sense you have three piece of shit kids one of them who's just kind of being roped into it but for the most part three piece of shit kids one who's wanting to have a better life for her and her younger sister and that's why she does it Money, who just lives in Detroit, and that's kind of what you do in Detroit, who decides to take advantage of this blind old Vietnam vet who has a lot of money because his daughter was killed by rich people. And they decide to try to break in, take his money, and since he's a Vietnam vet, he kind of smokes the ass. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's a good plot. It never really goes too far from it. It's really kind of weird with the whole daughter thing, but it was a, it was a believable twist. It explains why he lives in Detroit by himself in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. So it wasn't completely out of there like some movies are, where they just kind of throw in a random thing to be like, ooh, look, he's a real bad guy. But for the most part, I feel like the plot did a really good job in keeping it straight to the point where they go in for one thing, they leave for one thing, and it all revolves around that one thing, and the guy fights back. 
but also turns into the bad guy at the same time. And so, I feel like the plot did a really good job. Now we go to the cinematography. The cinematography in this movie is actually really good, all except for one part. It's that part where I mentioned where the lights turn off. I don't know if it was the glow-in-the-dark kind of theme that they had going on, but it was like infrared, and if you know what some infrared looks like, it's like black and gray. They just looked really cartoonized, and they didn't come across as something you would actually see if it were to be like, you know, if it was supposed to be see-in-the-dark type of stuff. I don't know how to say it. Um, night vision, yeah. It doesn't look like that. It just looks like they came across real cartoony, but besides that, rest of the cinematography is really good, actually have a lot of great shots. I feel like they did an excellent job on shooting the movie. They had they even had one of those long like one-shot scenes where it was as soon as they came into the house and they pulled that off excellently and I feel like they just did a really good job with the cinematography in this movie also. So everything across the board is really good in my opinion. I feel like they did absolutely amazing. Like I said this movie did come out in 2016. It has a 7.1 on IMDb. I'm sure it's got an even better score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and so don't breathe gate of it on the tomator meter. Tomator? I don't know what it's called. Tomato meter. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. It has 88% and the audience score gave it a 79. So nothing over the moon, but still both good grades on both of them. So now... Let's get into my rating. As you know, I go off the 1 to 10 scale, much like IMDb does. Let's remember, IMDb gave it a 7.1 out of 10. If I have to really think about it, I would have to say that IMDb 7.1 out of 10, going off my rating, I would have to give it I'll give it a 7.5. I feel like it's a little bit better than what they gave it. Like I said, I thought the plot was solid. I thought the acting was good. I thought the cinematography was good. That would definitely be on my scale of movies you should definitely give a watch at some point. I don't know how good number two is. I plan on watching it to see how it is. But I give it a pretty good rating. So, my final... My final take on Don't Breathe 2016 rated R, hour and 28 minutes long, I'm going to give it a 7.5. It was a shorter movie, especially it felt like a lot of it happened in this house and it went by pretty fast, and that's why this review's turning out to be kind of where I want it to be, at 30 minutes, so that's where I'm going to leave it. Like I, like I said, give this movie a watch, guarantee you won't be disappointed. Before we go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Anchor. Anchor has been incredibly helpful in all the things that we have done here on the Same Wavelengths podcast. It has made us so much easier for us to be able to provide our podcast to anybody out there who wants to listen. Anyone who wants to try to listen or or maybe even be discovered by other people. It puts it out there everywhere on Google, Spotify, iTunes, you name it, we're on it. Breaker. I'd also like to give a quick shout out to, to the Taiwan listeners. I know people might get tired of me saying it, but I got a special spot in my heart for you Taiwan listeners. But thanks once again for coming and listening to Tyler's Thursday Takes and listening to my review of Don't Breathe. 
Make sure to catch us every Monday on the on the main show of the same wavelength podcast with me and Michael, and I will make sure that every week you will get your Tyler's Thursday takes just to kind of get that little sprinkle of something in between. So, like I said, thanks to everyone who listens. Thank you to Anchor, and thank you to my wonderful, beautiful girlfriend, soon-to-be wife, Cheyenne, for recommending this movie for me. Thank you. <laughs> I was struggling real hard to figure out what I was going to do this week. But once again, thank you to everyone who stopped by. Thank you to Anchor. And thank you to everyone who decides to take a little bit of your day to spend it with us here on the Same Wavelength Podcast. So, until next week, remember, don't breathe. Ever. Just hold it in for the rest of your life.